But before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can find us at the PHX Nest Pod on Instagram and PHX Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at the Phoenix Nest Pod at gmail.com. The links to our social media can be found in the description along with a link to our Goodreads and our favorite independent bookstore, Mostly Books. Do people email us? Um, I feel like I haven't seen or heard about an email in a very long time. Not really. Mostly DMs on Twitter. Oh. And then I know, like, some some messages on, like, our Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Because I see those. We get weird advertisements on our email for, like, podcasting huh. things. Interesting. It's like, come be part of our weird collective you've never heard of. And you're like, oh. Um, and then I don't respond and we no. get a, we get another email. Did you see my email? Come on now. Don't be so up in my, mm, my butt. Mm-mm. I'm trying to do shit. I have a life outside of you and your weird, no one's ever heard of your podcast group. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. No thank you. No. So, um, conventional yours. How'd you feel? Good. I was a little bit worried. Um, I don't know why I was worried. Okay. Maybe it's because it's a bigger book and I knew it was going to be nerdy. You have a, you tend to have a harder time with the nerdy stuff, I think. I think it's harder for me to get into it because I don't read a lot of fantasy stuff as it is aside from things like Harry Potter. Yeah. Which are really, really mainstream. And this is all about tabletop gaming conventions. Fuck yeah. And, uh, it's just not, it's not my jam. You it's came to not. one of our game nights and never came back for another one. I came to a couple. Um, a lot of it also depends on who's running game night. Because I like playing games, don't get me wrong, but, like, depending upon who's there, yeah, I may or may not stay, <laughs> which is, you know, just how it goes. That's just how the life works. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to go ahead and start us off and read the description? Yes. Go for it. All right. Charming, charismatic, and effortlessly popular, Conrad Stewart seems to have it all, but in reality, he's scrambling to keep his life from falling apart. Brilliant, guarded, and endlessly driven, Alden Roth is the poster boy for perfection, but even he can't help but feel a little broken inside. When these mortal enemies are stuck together on a cross-country road trip to the biggest fan convention of their lives, their infamous rivalry takes a back seat as an unexpected connection grows. Yet, each has a reason they have to win the upcoming gaming tournament, and neither is willing to let emotion get in the way even if it means giving up their one chance as something truly magical. Did you feel like the synopsis actually gave you what was in the book this time? Um, yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's the setup for this is really, really basic. So, enemies to lovers, Mm -hmm. but, like, enemies both in the game and just, like, opposite personalities a lot of it. Yeah. And, like, they're obviously, they're forced together. And they learn about each other through this trip because they're forced to be alone in a car. And they go to a convention and, you know, happily ever after ensues. Okay. So, I did actually, this is one where I did not go in reading the description. Okay. For once. Why? I knew it was nerdy. Right. And I knew that it was going to be a male-male romance. Uh Uh-huh. That is all I knew. Yeah. 
That's all we needed to know, I think. I think the reason why I went into this one blind is, I believe, if I remember correctly, I believe Jessica Pride from the Book Riot podcast. Uh Uh-huh. I believe she read it earlier this year. Oh, okay. Possibly earlier this year and absolutely loved it. Okay. She picks some some pretty good stuff most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time we've enjoyed what she's recommended. Yeah. At least I have. I think there was only the one that we really didn't vibe the with. The sports one? Uh, the Jasmine Guillory one. Oh, so two. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. two of them. Never mind. Well, whatever. Check it. Um, but yeah, worth worth looking through her, her listings. Yeah. Just to see, because description of what she's read and how she feels versus just reading the blurb kind of helps. It, it helps a lot. It helps a lot. So. If you're not following her on Twitter, you should. It's, uh... She's got a pretty good Twitter in regards to, like, showing what she's reading and yeah. what she thinks. So, um, I actually really liked this one. I didn't think I wouldn't, though, because okay. I am a giant nerd. We discussed that for spoiler alert, how much I love all of this right. nerdy yeah. shit. Um, we used to tabletop game a lot. <laughs> yeah, your house was the game house for a while, mm-hmm. um, and I would just kind of show up every once in a while. <laughs> Maybe bring a couple friends. Yeah. Um, Participate a little when the game wasn't confusing. Well, so that's part of the problem, I think, with gaming, is that if you aren't consistently there, you have to relearn or, for the first time, learn games. Yeah. And depending on the complexity of the game, that could take a very long time. Yeah. So, like, something like Odyssey, which is what they play in this book, which is very much like Magic the Gathering. Yes. <laughs> um, you, like, you would need, like, a newbie group, and mm-hmm. you need someone to, like, coach you through all the steps. Like, yeah. let me just tell you, my family has started playing Villainous. I don't, what is this? Oh, my gosh. Disney so, it's cartoon? Disney, and it's, you, you each have your own board and your own objective, dependent on who, which villain you're playing as. Okay. But you have, like, all these things that you have to do in order to make it work. Okay. And so, like, for some of it, it's collecting power, some of it, it's, like, you have to, like, get rid of so like you have to off someone before you can do the next step like there's all this stuff and you have all these like different decks that you draw from and so like it took us like two solid rounds to figure out just the ones we were playing with and it comes with a bunch of different ones yeah but it's stuff like that where it's like you read the rules and you're like okay i got this and then you start doing it and you're like what the hell is happening like and everyone's doing something different yeah because you want to stop the other person just like an odyssey but you also want to do your stuff so you can't just, like, spend all your coins or, in this case, like, scrolls mm-hmm. just willy-nilly. You just can't. Yeah. I never got into collecting cards that I then played the game with. Like, I collected Pokemon cards, and I kind of do now, right now. But um, I never played. Like, I think I maybe played in, like, fourth grade. I've never played a game of Pokemon. I just don't care. I would rather play Game Boy Pokemon. Okay, okay. Because I don't have to worry about the cards. I do really enjoy tabletop gaming, I will say that, though. I like watching others depending on the game, too. Like, if it's a fast-paced game, Mm -hmm. it's really, really exciting and fun. If it's, like, oh, God. Like, my students were super into chess this year, so they tried to make me play chess. Weird game for kids. I haven't played chess since, like, the sixth grade. I just, I just don't. I've never played chess because I never understood the strategy. I I won, but that's because all the kids were like coaching me through it. <laughs> but um, I'm more of a board game person. I really enjoy Sorry. 
Oh, you're into the um, basic board games. Oh, yeah, because they're, like, competitive. We do a lot of card games. Yeah. Um, so, like, I learned spades a few weeks ago. Or, like, um, we play Racco, which is, like, an old people game. Have you ever played Racco? No. Oh, my God. It's so stupid. Like, the objective is to get your cards in numerical order. Okay. And then you can get them in, like, numerical order. And it's called a run where it's, like, instead of having, like, one, three, five, six, whatever, it's, like, uh, one, two, three. Yeah. And you get extra points, but you have to beat everyone else, but you don't know what their cards are. And it's a little stressful. Okay. We played a lot of Phase 10 as kids, which is basically just rummy. Um, oh, yeah. I learned rummy. We play... I'm not good at poker. Like, there's just, like, so many games. I kept games. winning at poker, and I hated it. And I was like, how do I lose? <laughs> I don't want to play this anymore. Yeah. Um, we played a lot of Yahtzee as kids. Um, we didn't do Yahtzee. I don't think my mom liked the shaking of the dice. The, yeah. It's loud. We weren't allowed to use the cup if we played. You had to hold the in your <laughs> it's hands. It's loud. It's too loud. We like... And we played like, on the carpet. Trivia games, too. Like, Trivial Pursuit is mm-hmm. really fun. For a long time, we had Disney trivia, which was, like, real old school. Yeah. That was really fun. It's just, like, I'm open to learning games. That night that we just... sat in the garage and played Among Us on our phones together. <laughs> okay, that was really fun. I don't know why we haven't done that more. We it's need really to do that stupid. more. It's so fun. But, like, so I just, this version of gaming is not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone who's going to play World of Warcraft. Okay. You know, the video game and have where I have to, like, quest my way all the way through to the end and then, like, all this shit. Mm-hmm. I'm also not the person who's going to create a deck, specific kinds of deck, because oh, that was, like, one of the other things. Like, cards are expensive. Yeah. And cards, when you're not guaranteed to get the card that you need to complete a deck And you have to buy set, one off of eBay. It's craziness. Like, the whole problem right now is Pokemon is, like, all the rage again. Oh, Lord. And, like, trading cards, like, sports and stuff. But Pokemon has, like, been creating different sets from different regions and shit. It's weird. Um, but people have started, like, trying to kill each other for Pokemon cards. Did you know that? No! So, Target has announced that they're going to stop selling after they sell out of whatever it is. But I, like, got some at Target the other day. But, um, the reason is they make limited numbers of things because yeah. then it's rare. Someone at a Walmart in another state pulled a gun on people because they wanted to buy all the Pokemon cards. And now they're, of course, in prison because that's a felony. But, like... Do you want to play Pokemon or do you want to die or go to like, jail? Like, it's come on now. It's meant for children and collectors. Yeah. And people are getting out of control. So, like, that's something that would concern me about this, too. It's just, like... The rare card, like, he gets that ultra rare card at one point, at and it's, like, end. and then they're, like, that's fake. And I'm, like, first of all, do you know how much effort would go into making a fake card that looks real? Like, cards are hard to replicate. Yeah. Because if you've seen fakes of any kind of card, they're, like, shitty. <laughs> they look like they were printed but on someone's inkjet. Anyways, we have limited experience with gaming. Um, so if you're someone who's super into gaming, please don't be offended that we're not super excited. I'm super excited. I well, do. we're excited about the book. Yeah. I I wouldn't be excited about Odyssey. I do like that her other um, stuff is kind of branched out from, like, the gamers and, like, stuff like that. Yeah. So it's all kind of inclusive yeah. within the realm of that game and how it's how it works. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, but, like, I don't know. I know some people just live for gaming, whether it's online or tabletop or whatever. It's the, the support 
Yeah. That they're living for. Like, that's what they're wanting. It's Okay, so let's go into just a little bit of what the story is. So we meet Connor. Conrad, not Connor. Conrad. Wow. Okay. Oh, Jess. So uh, that was a mistake. Conrad. Conrad. I didn't realize his last name was Stewart for some reason. I didn't realize that either of the last names. I was like, wait, was that ever used in the book? (laughs) I'm sure it was, just early and I don't remember. Yeah. So uh, Conrad and Alden. They are two players in a YouTube series called Gamer Grandpa. Which sounds awesome. Yeah. And it's uh, a man named Professor Tuttle, who they've met at the college Gracehaven that they go to. And he does this gamer group on YouTube. And so it's a group of people that play and Conrad and Alden are enemies. They don't like each other because they don't like each other in the game because they both play competitively and they both want to win. Alden more so than Conrad. Um, and then we have their clashing personality types. They don't get each other. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think it's they don't like each other because they don't like each other. They don't like each other because they don't get each other. They just don't understand each other. Yeah. And then, so they find out that Professor Tuttle has gotten these um, exclusive tickets to the, what did they call it? The... MOC West. MOC West. It's a game Massive convention. Odyssey Con. Yeah. Which is kind of a funny name. Yeah. Massive Odyssey Con. So they have these tickets and they're going to go. And before they're leaving, they're packing up the car and Professor Tuttle falls down the stairs and breaks some ribs, his hip. Collarbone. His collarbone. He's, and he's older because, of old. course, he's the gamer grandpa. Yeah. He's older, so he can't go any longer. But he's going to say, no, no, keep going. Take my car. Um, and it's Connor, uh, Conrad and Alden, and they're in the car with Jasper, one of the other gamers. Mm-hmm. And they get on the road. They're having not a great time because Alden's kind of a backseat driver, and he's nitpicky, and there's no music in the car, no eating in the car. He's like someone's There's just a lot phenomenon. of rules. He's yeah. very into the rules. Very into the rules. He likes to be in control. And so about halfway, not even halfway through, Jasper has a family emergency and has to go home. Mm-hmm. And now it's just Conrad and Alden on the road by themselves. And a lot of what's driving them is that they can't let Professor Tuttle down. Because the whole purpose Mm -hmm. of them doing a road trip is that they were going to stop at all of these gaming stores that are smaller, Mm -hmm. most of them, and get, you know, some signed books from Gamer Grandpa handed out and, like, record them playing or, you know, a tour of that store to give them some publicity Mm -hmm. for free. And so it was, like, this really cool idea for them to save money by not buying plane tickets. Yeah. And get to, like, visit a bunch of other people who are also into gaming. Which is always fun. Yeah. And so that's, like, what's driving them is not so much, like, hey, this will be an awesome, fun road trip. They both don't really want to go. No. But um, just that Professor Tuttle is, like, counting on them to help just because otherwise a huge chunk of their content for Gamer Grandpa, their stream, Mm -hmm. like their YouTube channel, is going to be missing. And that's kind of, you know, a letdown. That's a letdown. So they go on this road trip, and their other main motivation is that they both want to win the tournament. That's ultimately why they decide to go. Yeah. Um, For vastly different reasons. Alden is, like, looking for a direction in life because he's not getting into the medical school that he wants to get into. And his moms, because he has two moms, are driving him crazy. And he just, like, needs to bide some time and, like, figure out if he can do this and be successful. Mm -hmm. And he's like, this is what I want to try. 
And whereas Conrad is like constantly down on his luck. He's got nowhere to live currently. He's, he's got no no money really because he's been working three jobs, but then he like loses quit one, one of them. Was fired from one and then I don't he had like changed jobs or something. Yeah. Um he wasn't able to go back to school at Grace Haven because of money problems. His family has disowned him. It's like all of this stuff just like stacking and piling onto him. Oh, and his like he does have medical insurance, like that kind of yeah. stuff. And so his motivation is like, I can get fifty grand. Uh-huh. If I win, yeah, and I get to go on the pro tour, which would be like huge publicity. I could work more money in my pocket, yeah, like find more ways to make money as I go through this. So, yeah. like, totally understandable. Both, honestly, good motivations. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I would say that, like, if I had to pick, I would hope that Conrad wins because the down on your luck underdog story is kind of a classic. Yeah, although I, I totally understand where. Alden's coming where, from where Alden wants yeah. to come and he wants it not just so that he has a purpose in life it's that his two moms are like on his case they want him to be a doctor or they want him to be in the medical field because technically they're both in the medical field everyone in his family is doing something great with purpose in their lives and he's like I don't I want that but I'm not getting the schools that I want to get into I'm not good at writing the essay because that's not how my brain works and I'm failing yeah, and he's I don't know neurodivergent, mm-hmm. um, and his moms have always treated him as, like, a problem to be solved, which can be very tiring for yeah. everyone. Like, apparently they love a really good puzzle, and they just can't let it go. And so it's making it really difficult for him to accept that they can't accept him, because he mm-hmm. accepts himself. Yeah. Like, he addresses a lot of his problems or what other people see as problems in a very, like, forward way, which is something we don't always see. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't really try to hide a lot of it, which is nice, too. No. Um, anyways, so they go through this road trip, and they drive through a lot of places that have, like, landmarks, and they're doing all the content stuff, and they are bonding. And they get to MOC West, they play, and Conrad eventually takes it. He wins. He wins. And by that time, we have a different problem, which is they're now in love. But they're not willing to tell each other they're in love. Well, Alden tells Alden, him. Alden tells him, but Conrad's but Conrad's not. scared. He's, he doesn't feel worthy of Alden's love. Which I guess is like... It's kind of valid. I mean, everyone has that common theme, theme in romance yeah. novels of like, I don't think I deserve you and like, I get to decide what I deserve. Kind of a pushback. Yeah. Um, but it was like a test of their their very, very new relationship. And, you know, they figure it out. And then that all gets worked out even through, I think it's like a six months after, like a six months later mm-hmm. uh, epilogue. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot that happens. It's a thick book, first of all. 370 pages? Yeah. Not including all the fan art in the back? Which is fun. I yes. liked having the fan art. I really wanted just a picture of the goat in the shirt. <laughs> like, and the, what, and what the did frog. he get him? The frog. The frog soldier. Yeah. I would have loved to have just a picture of the goat in the shirt and the frog soldier in the back of the giant car. Black that would have been hysterical. Yeah. Blackjack. Yeah, that would have been amazing. So let's talk road trips. I love road trips in general. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fun. To me, like, the planning of them, the destination is fun. Hopefully you're with people you don't hate. Like, I've taken road trips with a lot of people. 
You take a lot of road trips. Yeah, and I don't know... I don't know how that really came about, but I've taken road trips with a lot of friends or, like, friends' families. Um, we've I've done, like, Las Vegas. I've done uh, a lot of California. Kansas. A lot of Colorado. Kansas. Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, then, like, places around here, like, lakes and stuff. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it's, like, you gas up, you go. You make sure you've got your stuff and you're good to go. Um if you are with people that you are borderline, maybe you don't like them. If it's something because, like, they do something on the regular that you're like, oh, my God, stop doing that. <laughs> like, maybe don't go with that person because then they're, like, little All their little are going to annoy you. Yeah. Like, um, if, if you hate how someone drinks water or something weird – like, maybe consider that that's – is that something you can handle? Oh, all that, like, gulping, and then they go, <sighs> at the end, and you're like, are you okay? Jesus. Yeah. Um, I've never been a big fan of road trips. I don't like being in the car. I used to get car sick really bad. Like, okay. really bad. I was never that kid, so I was always the kid reading kid. or, like, listening to music or whatever. I would be reading, I would be listening to music, but I would also be asking to pull over so I could barf. Well, it's probably because you were reading – it was all. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, road trips are something that it's just. It can be a really good time, and it does save a lot of money. Yeah. Um, when you look at just like how much it costs to fly somewhere and get a hotel, it's oh. like, oh god, you could just pay for gas for four people to drive. It's expensive. Yeah, it's crazy. It's I'm- insane. We had the conversation yesterday with my my child about road trips and how she was just on a three-week-long road trip going through three states and how she hated every second of it. Mm -hmm. And I do think there are people who are meant for road tripping and people who are not meant for road tripping. Yeah. I I would agree with that. And I think a lot of it is just, like, your attitude. Like, if you're not someone who likes driving but you're stuck in a car with someone who's like, driving is something that they enjoy a lot. Yeah. Then you're probably going to be okay. You'll be all right. But, like, if you're someone who's not willing to help drive or you're not going to, like, be okay with doing stuff. Like, sometimes you just have to pull over and take pictures. Yeah. Or Conrad like, was meant for road tripping and Alden was definitely not. Oh, despite 100%. His, despite his fear of flying. He just, he was driving this car he was unsure of. He's like, I've only ever driven the Prius. This car is huge. I By don't the know way, Priuses doing. on road trips are great. They're small, but man, you can get from Tucson to Anaheim for like under $100. Nice. It's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just some people are here for it. Some people aren't. I... I'm kind of yes and no about it. I did a three-day road trip from Florida back here and i think that's a big no because my daughter was two weeks old at the time and it sucks. see that's what i think like small children aren't ideal for road trips because they need to run around and stuff i also dislike any massive amount of driving i have to do through texas Ugh, because when you go that direction out of here it's just nothingness yeah like the most boring section of new mexico is what touches the bottom of our state. And then all through Texas and people are like, but there's so much to do in Texas. I'm like, yeah, but Texas is enormous. Like It took us a whole day. So our first day was from Florida to Beaumont, Texas, which is barely in. And then the second day was from Beaumont all the way to El Paso, which is almost out. 
By the time we hit New Mexico, I cried because I was so done with yeah, Texas. Yeah, and then you hit New Mexico, and it's still boring. There's no trees. There's, like, not really sand dunes. It's just really ugly desert. It's For me, it wasn't awful. even it wasn't even more boring. I was just glad we were out of Texas. But I, have, I enjoy, like, when we go on a lot of our trips, we go the northern route out yeah. of here. And you get to see mountains. Uh, when we moved my sister from Kansas, we drove, d- oh God, we drove through Oklahoma, down through Texas, down through New Mexico. Yeah. And then when you hit Arizona, you drive through Payson, which is gorgeous. Gorgeous. And it was the middle of winter because it was December. Ugh. And so it's like there's snow. We saw a herd of elk. It's like gorgeous outside and it's not hot. It was okay, but it was like. 19 degrees at one of the stops we made in New Mexico <laughs> at like 1 a.m. and we ate Jack in the Box. <laughs> or Carl's Jr. or whatever it was. It was the most delicious thing though because <laughs> we had been stuck in the car for already like 15 hours. It's awful. Oh, but, um, but yeah, road trips. If you're unsure if you like road trips, just pick something in your own state. Just Because crossing state lines feels like a big deal. And it kind of is depending on where you're crossing. And I love... Two, it could be a hassle. Not to interrupt you, I'm sorry. I love, too, that the Europeans are like, we're just taking a day trip to Spain. And I'm like, we're still in California. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even left. The sheer amount of land that the United States is made up of is, like, ridiculous. Well, and, like, back east, it's all squished. Mm-hmm. Here, it's all spread out. Westward expansion, man. man. Oh, good God. I think that's why I'm not a fan of road tripping, because they're like, you're in the car for so long, and you're still in the same state you've been in this whole time. Yeah. You haven't left the state. You're just like, I'm fucking done. But, like, then it depends on where you drive, because, like, if we left here in four hours, we could be in El Paso. So you'd be, like, two states over. Yeah. It's very weird. It's strange. But also, New Mexico is a straight shot. Yeah, it's when just you hit so that. boring. When you hit and the It's 10. called the Land of Enchantment. Who the fuck named it? Enchant what? There's no enchantment. Where were they that they said, oh, yes. The land of enchantment. I don't understand. We're the Grand Canyon state. We can't say shit. Our claim to fame is a giant hole in the ground. Oh, but it's so gorgeous. <laughs> I'll give it that. It's I will give it so that. It's so gorgeous. So, God, we had so many tropes in this book. We did. We, uh, normally we have like one overarching trope. We had a lot of tropes in this one, but they worked well. Because you know, remember that um, football romance that we had? Yeah. That was like, she spun the trope well and we went. This was more like interconnected trope. Okay, so tropes. <laughs> <laughs> so back to it. Uh, now that we've uh, fixed the problem, crisis diverted. Um, we had a bunch of different ones, but ones that were interconnected because of the characters. Like, I think part of the problem with that football one is that we didn't really enjoy the characters, and so some of the no. tropes that we had didn't really work well with the characters that we were given. They fell flat. Yeah, whereas the characters in here were lovable in their own ways, all every single one of them. The moms were adorable, the professors, all three of them were adorable. Um, even like the game store owner Arthur was kind of precious in his own way. And then we had like Peyton and we had Jasper and we had like just all these people that were written well, even though their parts were very, very small. Yeah. Like, relatively small. And I do want to give a small shout-out right now and say, if you are looking for, because obviously it's Pride, and we're reading this because it's Pride. Yeah. If you're looking for a queer romance, you are not going to get just queer-coded main characters in this book. 
Professor Tuttle has a husband or a partner. What's his husband? His Professor husband. Herrera. Julio. Um, Peyton uses they, them pronouns. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got... The moms. The moms. Mom and Mimi. <laughs> I, that I love that. I love that. Cute. It was refreshing and interesting because truly it's a good reflection of what the world is actually like. And what actual friend circles look like in a queer community. Right. Because it's not like you just pick only gay people to be friends with if you're gay. Like, that's not how the world really works. Especially, they're going to, to a college. I'm the only gay one in our group. No, you're not. No, that's right. (laughs) <laughs> we have this discussion all the time, and I was like, no, I'm not. In our immediate group. which is Right, small, in our immediate group. But our larger group, no. Right. But, um, now I lost my train. Sorry. I'm sorry. <gasps> You're so interrupty today. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's a good reflection of what a community, any community should look like. Mm-hmm. Like, it should be visible. There should be queer visibility everywhere you look. It shouldn't matter if it's where you work or where you go to school or, you know, whatever. It's It should be something that's just there. It's just yeah. a fact. It's just like, this is what it that's is. it. Yep. And that's kind of what we're provided with. Because it wasn't like their entire families were all gay or like, you know, like they weren't adopted by lesbian moms or something no. like that. It was like a natural explanation of like my mom married Mimi when I was very young. He was like six. Yeah, I think he was six. And, you know, he had a family mm-hmm. that was a very complete family and that changed. Yep. And and that was like the explanation for his family. And that's yeah. totally fine. That was a natural f- progression into his family because, you know, sometimes you get those weird forced, I was adopted by two lesbians and you're like, great. Yeah. And it feels weird for that character, but this is like, no, I was six and then Mimi moved in. Yeah. And then we had a very opposite thing in Conrad's family, which is, I, it's really hard because I don't like to generalize a lot, but because of the book and because of the actions of Conrad's family, it is something that goes along with the Midwest. He's from Kansas, mm-hmm. and Kansas is overall just a very conservative state. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that there aren't gay people in Kansas or anything like that. Like, my sister's past employer supports a lot of LGBTQ plus stuff and she hates the Koch brothers and it's like you get the two very extreme sides yeah. where it's like they have the billboards that are like pray the gay away kind of feel and like it's the bible belt and like all this stuff right all the and it's just like all the weird tent revivals which we were having uh, here I don't understand it but it's whatever. just like cool cool and Conrad his coming out was a traumatic coming out Like, Alden's coming out was just, as a child, he kept mentioning he'd have a husband one day, and it it was just always known. Because I was, like, natural, yeah. It was always known, whereas because Conrad, where he grew up, he knew he had to kind of keep it to himself. And his coming out was traumatic because it was an accident that someone else, the guy he was with... Well, and it was... It was weird because, like, he had come out to his dad, or, like, his family, and they are like ignoring it or like keeping it a secret and like kept telling him like well you go to therapy or he needs to go to church more or whatever yeah but then he was like screw you guys i'm gonna do what i want and so he went to grace haven yeah and that's when it all kind of fell apart but that was 
because he was doing his, he was living his best life. As he should have. And that's totally fine. But he misjudged who he was hooking up with. And um, that person took his phone and, like, took his... They had taken some photos it's just, it together. It was just bad. Like, when I read that, I was like, oh, no. So they had taken some risky photos together in the act of sex. And this guy, when Conrad was asleep, decided that he was going to send Conrad's ex these photos or whatever to make him jealous to make him jealous and this guy this ex's name started with a d and it was he hit the wrong one he hit the one that was dad and sent it out not just to conrad's dad but to conrad's entire like a family group chat and so like he had said well you know my dad was kind of ignoring it or like trying to get me to to take it back or whatever but after that he just totally disowned me he cut off all these different things that I need. He yeah. stopped paying for his school. He stopped paying for the car. He stopped paying. Like, he took him off his medical, but still claimed him as a dependent on taxes oh, to screw him over even more. Yeah. And it was all, like, in stages to try to convince Conrad to come back home. Yeah. Like, you can't do anything. You don't have any money. You don't have insurance. You don't, you're not going to school. Like, all of this stuff. And Conrad just straight up refused. He's like, I'm not going back there. Because he's abusive. And he kind of hints at it a couple times that his dad isn't just, like, a bigot. Like, he's not just a homophobe. He's got some other things going on that really upset Conrad. And Conrad doesn't want to talk about it. Um, And we don't really ever get the full story. Because it sounds like his dad throws things. And I'm always – I'm a believer that if you're going to throw things, you're probably going to hit things. If you're going to hit things, you're going to hit a person. Oh, yeah. Um, That's just like a natural progression in domestic violence to me. And um, he kind of hints at that a little bit without going into detail and just saying that he refuses to get his sisters in trouble and he doesn't want his mom to be in trouble with his dad and all this stuff. So, anyways, we have the two opposite sides. Yeah. We've got this – Really great, open, loving community that's clearly at a liberal college, Grace Haven. Yeah. Um, I just read something the other day that I've always thought was interesting, but someone posted about, um, like, the problem of when your kids are from conservative places and you send them off to college and they turn into, like, these radical fight-the-power people, it's not because those colleges are teaching them liberal ideologies it's because the vast majority of ideas are liberal-based, yeah. like the thought process. And so they're getting away and being able to think on their own. And when people think on their own, they can generally come to a reasonable conclusion. And it's yeah. like, it's that. It's He grew up in the Midwest. He grew up in a really strict Kansas household, His small town. football coach. Yeah, a classic. Ugh. Classic. And it was at like a, a religious school, right? Like a, like a small religious college. And that's where his dad wanted him to go to school. And he was like, no. And he went to Grace Haven. And he found like safe space, the, you know, GSA. Mm-hmm. And he found the gaming store because he was already kind of into gaming. And he found all of these people that didn't care that he was gay. He also, with that, found positive role models in his professors, like, especially Professor Tuttle. Oh, yeah. And I think when you leave home and you're in a situation where you're able to make your own decisions and be your own person again, having that support 
And having those role models in your life helps and guides you along the way. And I think that he was lucky as a character to have found Professor Tuttle and found this group. Because gaming, um, gaming 100% is a community. And so he found this role model. He found this community. And he felt safe, finally. And then that coming yeah. out tragedy happened. And it kind of threw him. And the only really thing that he has left at this point is gaming yeah and that group and that group showing love even though he doesn't really want to tell them how bad his life is which is i think totally understandable because he's feeling like he already doesn't have family and he doesn't want people to pity him yeah um he's got a lot of pride in himself which is totally fine oh yeah um but i mean he he talks to alden about like listen you need to make sure you make good choices and if you're not a hookup person then don't like, make yourself be a hookup person. Like, if you already know that. And that was one of the conversations that I had. I thought that, that was really interesting. Um, just because he was like, I tried that lifestyle and I got burned. Yeah. I mean, someone stealing your phone is, like, really annoying, like, reading your messages. But to send sex pictures. To your whole family. To, well, to anyone. To any, against your. To anybody. Against is, your consent. Is not cool. No. Like. I don't, I don't get it. Like, that's just, like, crossing so many boundary lines in, and that just shows that that guy was obviously a rat. Like, he's obviously a dick. Um, But, like, he kind of was like, I learned the hard way and you don't need to do that. Yeah. Because you're already saying, like, I don't want to be just convenient for someone. And if you already know that, then, like, don't do it. You don't have to. I think Conrad giving Alden life advice helped him come out of his shell a little bit more too. Yeah. Um, so this whole conversation about don't be a hookup person if you don't want to be a hookup person comes from the fact that we learn that Alden is a virgin. Which is another trope. How often do we <laughs> see that in contemporary romances though? Um, if you see it, it's meant to be like a <gasps> surprise. Yeah. Like she was saving herself. Ugh, whatever. And it's always the woman. Always. Always the female. But this time it wasn't I'm saving myself. It's just that I haven't found the person that I want to do that with. Yeah. And it's because he doesn't have people that he thinks are worthy of himself and that will understand him. Yeah. And if that's what you're aiming for, like someone who understands you and is going to understand what you need emotionally, not just physically... That's kind of something that you would want to look for specifically. And and wait yeah. for. I, I enjoyed the fact that they did have those conversations because it's pretty rare to have conversations that are open like that in a romance. Because yeah. that's, that's, that felt like a natural conversation that two people in a relationship would have. I liked the parts where they <laughs> one of them would do something or say something that was like way honest and like, but the other would always find it endearing. Yeah. And I think that that's something that people don't talk about enough in real life is that being your own like normal person self mm-hmm. is attractive to people and yeah. not just like romantically attractive, but like it, it like builds up your, your trust. It builds up like your understanding of that person. And that's what they're doing. Cause they weren't looking to like, make out all the time or anything. That was, like, a bonus. Yeah. After they kind of, like, admit, like, I kind of like you. 
I like that that was a natural progression in their relationship as well. Because it wasn't a forced proximity. We're going to fall in love because we're forced to be together. Yeah. It wasn't forced because they had that moment where they had to share the bed in the hotel. That was, they were getting to know each other. They yeah. were learning more about each other and they were becoming more comfortable with each other. Definitely. Because a lot of times you get these romances where it is two people who are forced together and they fall for each other because it's like weird Stockholm syndrome They've been forced to be together and they have yeah, to. Yeah, those are rough to read. They're rough to read, but this was a natural progression that felt like it could happen in real life. And this was something where at every turn, Conrad was like, are you comfortable with this? We don't have to do this. And it led them to, like, it wasn't a big stretch. It was like a two-week thing, right? Yeah. So it's like, it led them to things like kissing mm -hmm. and holding hands and cuddling and like kind of dry humping Yeah, a lot. Before anything really naked happened. And that's something that I think we also don't see in regular romances because we we see, like, the jump from, like, kissing to, like, sex. Straight sex. And it's like, oh. And even when we got to the, <laughs> even when we got to the actual sex scene at, towards the end after, after the big win, um, Alden is the one who, who wants to make the move. Right. And Conrad checks in with him to make sure that that's actually what he wants to do. Are you doing this as a weird congratulatory thing because I won? Are you doing this because I might be on the tour? Like, are are your motivations for this act right. in the right place? And it helps because, because Alden has been so forward with his neurodiversity stuff, um, it's really easy to tell when he's lying for Conrad. Oh, yeah. And so... Like, there's even a part where he's like, well, I guess Alden's added lying to his list of things he can try to do or whatever. Yeah. And that's something that's really important, too, is because if they didn't have that relationship, it wouldn't have mattered if he asked, if he had checked in as much as he did. Yeah. Because had Alden been a good liar... It would have been okay. It would have been a lie. Like, you know, so... Or it could have been a lie, I guess. So there's all that that goes into it as well. I think, too, that it helped that they both kind of have that weird where they were kind of secretly in love with each other. Like, they were attracted to each other at the be very beginning. They had oh, yeah. that attraction. But I think as it went on, they realized that they were kind of falling for each other. And I don't know that I would even call it a secret love because they do eventually say, I'm falling for you. I don't thing that it's a secret from each other because no. they're both very bad at keeping the secret that they are attracted to each other but they did try their best to keep it a secret from their friends because they just like weren't ready to make it publicly known to explain to Peyton when Peyton got to Vegas yeah or to even tell like their other friends or family like that was something where they didn't want to and part of it maybe was because they're supposed to be rivals on the channel or like that's how viewers saw them because they yeah. didn't realize that until other people kept telling them well and they they ended up at that one game store and the guys like you have to play each other because i like your rivalry and they were like but we're already falling for each other and i i don't want to be that person i that's not who i am now yeah. i'm someone different but you don't get to see that because you only know my online persona as opposed to me in person right which is always difficult. I mean, we always only know online personas. It's Whatever people put out. Yeah, it's what you put out. But um, I enjoyed this one a lot because of how honest it was. You know, 
I don't even want to talk about the sharing a bed trope because it didn't even feel like it was a big thing in this. I don't feel. I feel like it was made to be a larger deal than big, it was. Yeah, because like if you have this book, anyone that's listening to this, it's written on there or in there a couple times, and it's really more of a oh crap thought from Alden, not a trope because like, he's never shared a bed with anyone before. Yeah. And it starts out as it's, there's only one bed in this hotel room. We have to share it. You have to stop thinking about it. Just get some sleep. We'll just put a pillow in between us. It's fine. It's totally fine. To now I can't sleep in the bed without you. Yeah. I need you to be here. Because there's that part where they fight. And it wasn't a huge fight. It was just a misunderstanding between the two of them. Right. And they sleep in separate beds before Alden realizes, I don't like this. This isn't what it's supposed to be. I'm going to jump into his bed. But... I also want to say, thank God that we didn't get this big, huge, stupid moment where when Conrad wins, he yells out, I love Alden or whatever. You know, the big giant thing that they all do at the end of these romance novels, the big grand gesture. We didn't really have one of those. And it was kind of refreshing. Um, not really, because... It morphed. Like, their needs and their their expectations morphed mm-hmm. toward the end. Like, they both made the promise, like, I'm not going to go easy on you if we have to play each other. And then they ended up having to play each other, of course. Yeah. In the semifinal. Um, and then it changes even from there. So, like, of course, Conrad wins the money and all this stuff. And he finally tells Alden, like, I love you. Because he keeps almost saying it and then, like, getting scared. And not saying it. And then he tells him, like, they want to meet with us. The Odyssey people want to meet with us. They want to offer us all jobs, which would be a way better way to go. As opposed to going pro tour. Yeah. And so they they go through those steps as well. And in that process, like, Alden's figured out that he wants to be a teacher. Like, a teacher. Not a professor. A teacher. Wants to teach kids. And he's like, I'll still get to work with them like I wanted to in pediatrics. But I feel like I'm really good at explaining things to kids. And, like, that's really important. And Conrad's like, well, I'll, you know, save up money and get back to school at some point. But I can go and help with the development of the new game for, like, intro packs and, like, kids-specific and, like, all this stuff. And so they go through this kind of morphing where they formed not just, like, this romantic bond, but, like, a really good partnership where they balance each other out. Oh, Yeah. And that's something that we also don't see a lot. We see a lot of leaning in yeah. romance. Yeah. In general. Like, someone's always lacking and someone's always picking up the slack, you know? And that's a little bit difficult. It was refreshing to see a well-balanced couple. Because we yeah. don't get to see it often. Yeah. I, th- there was... I highly recommend you read this book if this is something you're interested in. Not just because I loved it and I thought it was a lot of fun. But it is a very good real depiction of a functioning couple yeah and i think one that doesn't have any kind of like uh there's no weird motivations behind it there's no manipulation that kind of stuff that we see very often and i think that we need to see more of this in romance as a whole oh yeah I, I would, would love agree. to see a lot more of this. It's funny to say that since this is our last one and we're going into Bad Romance Month Ugh. in August. I'm so not looking forward to it. I'm, but I'm really worried. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I'm still, I don't, ugh. Okay, anyways, does that mean you give it a five? I 100% give this a five. Yeah. 100% give this a five. I loved 
everything about it. I am a giant nerd, so I loved the gaming aspect of it. Yeah. I loved how real all of the characters felt. I loved that we didn't have just one queer couple and that was it. We had more people on the spectrum of, you know, in the LGBT community, or as the Gen Z's call them, part of the Alphabet Mafia, um, which I think is stupid but funny at the same time. We had characters that felt more real than any characters we've read in a while. Yeah. And I could relate to a lot of their problems. Yeah, I would agree. I loved it. 100%. Five star for me. Nice. What do you give it? Five, yeah. You gave it a five as well? Yeah. Um, It was just different in a way that wasn't like, oh, they made this brand new thing. It was taking elements that already exist in all romances Mm -hmm. and making them apply to, like, a broader range of people that's very inclusive. And that's something that we don't see a lot of. And I think it was really good. Um, Yeah, I liked it. There are a couple parts that were, like, heartbreakingly sweet. Yes. And I, like, teared up at a couple places. I was like, but why? (laughs) Like, Why? It's, a, it's about a geek convention. Like, I didn't cry at any point, but there were times where I got real, like, smiley and happy about it. Yeah, it was really it was good. It. it was really well-rounded. I think um, that Annabeth Albert did a really, really good job. And she, I would read more of her stuff. Oh, 100%. And at the end of the book, if you notice, there is the... Um, there is the cool fan art of all the characters and stuff and how they came to be. But also there are resources for um, gaming, gaming shops, game board games. Um, the first off, it was funny to look at this because I know Geek and Sundry. I've followed Geek and Sundry on YouTube for years because I'm a nerd. Um, finding out that gamers spelled G-A-Y-M-E-R-S mm-hmm. is an actual thing. Um, so, you know, just take that in mind and understand that that's there. I loved it. You should read it. And if you are a fan of audiobooks, I did look up to see who narrates the audiobook. Um, it's two gentlemen. I've already forgotten the other one's name, but my favorite audiobook reader, um, Kurt Graves voices Conrad's chapters. And now I'm going to have to go listen to the audiobook because I love him. Nice. So, yeah. Um, that's it. That's Pride. We'll see you in August. We'll see you in August. Oh, God, a month off. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to read something else. I'm going to still read romance. Uh, I'm That's not just going to read. You're not going to read? No. <laughs> you kidding? July is the only month I don't have to do anything that's academic. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to read. <laughs> well, with that being said, then, just remember that bad bitches read romance. Bye! Bye. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to read. <laughs> well, with that being said, then, just remember that bad bitches read romance. Bye! Bye. <laughs>